everyone. Welcome back to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hey guys, I'm on your river. Tonight we are having a deep dive discussion into dying and the death process. We have our first guest on the podcast. Um, it's, a, it's a friend of the podcast. She's, she's been rolling with us since we started. Uh, she's also my neighbor and a cool chick, too. Uh, we're t- we brought on um, a, an expert for, for tonight's topic. This, so we're going to talk a little bit about dying and the death process from a spiritual standpoint and also a physical standpoint and a medical standpoint. Um, the name of our guest is Jen Sarisky. She's a certified hospice and palliative care registered nurse. Um, Hi. Hey, Jen. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Really, I've been watching you guys and I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm just over the moon. I appreciate it. Anything, girl. (laughs) Thanks for coming. We appreciate you. You know, we, we appreciate your input. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Jen, um, so you're a palliative care nurse. Um, can you explain to us what that is and how long have you been doing this? Yeah. So, um, hospice, it's hospice and palliative care. Um, I, I actually more am on the hospice side of it. There is a difference. Um, so, it's end of life care. It's being diagnosed for, you know, within six months of possibly dying, most likely dying. Um, I've been doing hospice for about five years. And then before that, I did a bunch of other things. I did PEDS, I was on a ventilator unit. I was on, I did a bunch of things, um, but I was always called to do hospice. It was just something, it was just like a little buzz in my ear. It just said, you have to do this, you know, you have to try it. And I, I just fell in love from the beginning. So. I feel that way about spiritual work. It was, it was chosen for you. You know, um, it it speaks to the inner darker sides of yourself, the mystery sides, the sides that want to know what's going on on the other side. (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) Anyway, um, I want to ask you a little bit about what the death process looks like from a healthcare perspective. You know, like, what do you see on a day to day? Yeah, you could Um, tell us a little bit about that. So there are definitely different stages, I would say, to dying. Um, you know, first of all, there's, there's the, you get the initial prognosis, you know, you're, you're not going to live past six months. Devastating um, to most, of course. Definitely. Uh, so emotionally, it's, it takes a toll. That's, that's obviously the first step. Um, but then after that, your actual body goes through different stages and steps. Um, so one of the first things you start to see, even within like months ahead of death, withdrawal you'll find that someone is just they're not the same they're not the way they used to be their personality is different um they're not talking to you in the same way you're not connecting in the same way some families take that really difficult they feel like it's personal you know what what did i do not that the body is changing um and then you get other things like just eating and drinking less um you know blood pressure starts to drop pulses drop you know the body itself just starts to slow down basically a lot of people also start to take that trip down memory lane. Yeah, you know? that gets more towards the end. Um, that's like when you're within probably weeks of dying. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. people, it's before that, like someone who's more open to spirituality might see people from the very beginning. But most people towards the end is when they start seeing their loved ones, their, their mother who died, and they'll start calling out for them, their sister, whoever, whoever it is um, that is with them, I guess. And they'll tell you, they're in the room with me. 
you know, mm-hmm. wow. sitting in the chair, my, my aunt is on the, you know, and they'll talk to you like you're there and <laughs> have whole conversations. So, yeah. Just so you guys know, I actually have experience working in hospice care as well. I was a CNA, which is a certified nurse's assistant for a little while um, on a hospice wing. So I have seen everything you're talking about, Jen. And yeah. what I noticed from the physical side, it, it, what I brought up with people wanting to talk about the old days, they want to tell you about what school they went to in elementary school. They want to tell you what it was like to be a World War II and how they had to ration foods and learn how to work on machinery. <laughs> you know, wow. they want to, they want to help people. They want to be understood. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. They want to tell you their story. And I have to say, that's one of my favorite parts of it all is just Mine hearing, too. You know, right? Like the family backgrounds and getting to know them. And, you know, even though you're getting to know them in such a short amount of time for some people, um, you still like the connection is so deep because of the circumstance. Like there's nothing more connecting than the fact that you're going to be with them at the end of life or through their journey or guiding them through it. Um, so it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense relationship, you know, I, for me, it is at least. And I know a lot of the nurses I work with too. I mean, it's just incredible. It is. I have a question. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, so how, how is it dealing with those feelings? Do you ever go through grief yourself when you're losing your clients and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I do. I do go through grief. I mean, for me, I've, I already, because I'm in hospice, I've come to this understanding in my own life where I'm not afraid of dying anymore, where I used to probably be more. Um, And so I know it's just a journey and I know it's just another path and it's something they're going through and everyone's going to go through this, but it still hurts when you form a bond. Um, So, you know, I just do my prayers. You know, I personally, I'll pray and I'll just speak, you know, to them. And that's just my own personal way of doing things. That's not the nursing you know that's not like that's your spiritual side talking exactly (laughs) who I am you know and I will open doors when they pass and let their you know spirits out and just um you know thank them always I always thank them for all the things they've taught me amazing things that I'm like oh no you know like just the knowledge that they impart um at end of life is just incredible really well, you're wow. surrounded by grandma grandpa wisdom especially yeah. at the end that's when they want to share it with you <laughs> sure. and I always ask so tell me what yeah was, tell me what what should I know you know and some will be like drink a lot of wine <laughs> and, <laughs> and some will be like you know don't let your husband blah 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 like just very telling of their own lives you know and what yeah. they like it's hysterical some of it so. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, well, so right now I want to talk a little bit about uh, the spiritual side of dying. Now, a lot of the physical signs that you're seeing coincide with spiritual signs as well. Um, talking about memory lane, going back to their childhood, even confessing things. Because there are there's quite a few people that will tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. And it's because what their their soul is trying to do is to ascend. It's trying to vibrate as high as it can so that it can break the barrier between worlds when it eventually leaves the body. So that's why you will see people that are not eating a lot, that are not drinking a lot, that are not really moving around a lot, that are really somber and still. And this is because their soul is vibrating so high. Their energy is getting sucked into this this ascension process more so than taking care of body processes. Um, Typically it takes months to die. 
you know, your soul is coming out of you little by little. You're, you're grappling with things that you have done in your life, things you should have done in your life, people you should have had in your life, people you kicked out of your life. You know, it, it comes full circle. And that process is very healing, but it takes a long time, um, especially if you did not live the nicest life. Um, th- we were speaking off air before, but, you know, Jen made a point that the most tortured people have a very tortured death because they're holding on to a lot of the people they've hurt to a lot of the wrongs that they've done. And for this ascension process to happen, their soul needs to get as light as possible to be able to cross through that barrier. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you do physically die, it takes about a week for your soul to actually fully detach from the body and cut the energetic cord. Um, the more spiritual work you've done in your life um, and the more soul care and self-care that you've done in your life and, you know, which goes with living right, treating people right, you know, golden rule kind of stuff. Um, the more you've lived that, the easier this whole process is. Your soul's already light, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot less struggle, you know, so that's why I tell everybody, be nice to your neighbors, like for real, mm-hmm. you know, and your, and your people, because it's going to actually help you when it's your turn. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Does anybody have anything to add? Um, I mean, I definitely have seen, I've seen that tortured soul scenario, you know, where someone may have been in jail for many various things and have had like very deep issues and you know, the death has not been as peaceful as I want everyone to have. Um, and it's, I don't think they're being punished. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I just think that maybe the person within is just thinking or, or whatever, like you said. There's you a lot of fear, I think. It's I think an it's internal struggle. Thing. Yeah, it's an internal yeah, struggle to rectify. Yeah. You can see that, like that agitation. You can see that person just physically struggling. Even people who have been like, let's say, in the armed forces that have PTSD. We've had a lot of veterans who have gone... I mean, I've seen them, a lot of them have had just serious agitation where they're trying to jump out the bed and end the life, you know? I've Do seen you have people who have used uh, drugs long-term. Yeah. Um, they have a very hard time <laughs> passing because they feel yeah. as though they, they missed out on a lot and they, made a, they compromised themselves a lot, you know, by feeding their addiction, essentially. Yeah. And I've seen that they have a very hard time as well. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to develop, like, have you developed any specific strategies for these people? I'm not sure if that's a question you can answer or not. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, yes. Um, I think a lot of times what I like to do is before um, they're going through that process where they're completely out of it, I try to really, I mean, this is with everyone, I guess, I try to form a, a really strong bond and allow them to tell me whatever it is they need to tell me and get things out and just talk about whatever it is. Um, that's one of my strategies, just to try to form that bond and some rapport with them. Um, mm-hmm. But some people, I think no matter what we do, there's really nothing you could do to change like the path and the way they're gonna go. Like it's just, I mean, I've had people who, uh, I mean, we are, we obviously give a lot of medications at end of life. If someone yeah. with a lot of distress, have you know a lot of agitation and I've given very, you know, a lot of medication to people who you would think would be completely knocked out and they're still they're still agitated and it's frustrating for me as a nurse because I don't want them to suffer or have any pain or anxiety um, but there's literally nothing that I can do at that point and that's the hardest part for me I would say um, is when I, one of my patients just not settling not 
not being peaceful. Um, it's just it's so hard. They're fighting um, the process. Yeah, and, and it's not only people, I shouldn't say people that have had troubled pasts or pasts. It's also people who maybe are, are young and they, they still have, you know, they have a young child. They have, um, you know, there's something holding them here. That unfinished business. Yes, yes. But they just don't want to go. And I mean, I can just think, I mean, I can feel it in my body, the stress <laughs> that I've had yeah. just trying to get them to just, you know, settle as much as they can and be comfortable, you know? Well, you're highly empathic too, girl. So you've taken <laughs> on everybody's energies. <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely, yeah, I'm learning though. You've taught me a lot. I appreciate it. Just yeah, anytime, go. girl, anytime. Yeah. So I want to ask you a really deep and important question. Okay. Why do you feel called to this kind of work? What is it about this work that just gets you by the soul and just makes you commit? Because you've been doing this a long time. Yeah, um... You know, it's like I try to pinpoint the exact reason and I, I, it's hard for me to do that because I just love so many aspects of it. You know, it's, it's the being obviously with the patient at the end of life and helping them through it emotionally, physically, getting them through it, having, you know, that connection. It's also the families and guiding them through the end. It's also just um, the spiritual part of it. Like you can feel energy and you can feel like, I don't know. I almost want to say it feels like a birthing process. I don't know. It that does. Means. It's birth yeah. in reverse. It it's is. it's it very is. strange it's, to it's see it happen. Circle. It's definitely a full circle. And like just the way you are pregnant for nine months, like you die for a while before yeah. you die. You know what I mean? Like you go through this process um, and you almost, you know, it's not the end in a weird way. Like for me, I do. Um, you know, obviously that's not scientifically proven, <laughs> but you know, for me <laughs> personally, mm -hmm. You know, it just feels like something I'm meant to be. It's like something I am called just like strongly to be there. Like I'm super happy when I'm at work, you know, and that's how yeah. you know, love what you do because I love being where I am. It's just amazing. And the other nurses I work with are amazing too. So it's just a nice, nice That's place. awesome. You know, uh, I, really I'd say from my own experience, um, doing the CNA work in the hospice uh, wing definitely put me on a whole path to understanding death, which actually led me on to um, really committing to mediumship and helping people to get back in touch with their loved ones. Um, it, it taught me not to fear it. You know, it, it taught me that this can be beautiful, this whole process, but you have to be willing to see it from that place, you know, that it needs to be a celebration of a whole life lived rather than trying to trying to, you know, grasp every little second left you can instead of just going out with a bang, you know? Right. right. It, it can be celebratory and, and strong and, and mighty and brave, but you have to be the one to put that energy out there, mm -hmm. you know, by sitting and fearing it and trying to extend the little bit of youth that you have, it actually makes this process so much harder and you don't get the full benefit that you that you do when you let go and you just be mm -hmm. absolutely I, but you know this like this is part of my I think my next journey and this whole dying thing is that I really want to educate people young people even kids like on dying because I feel like it's a part it's like taboo you know it's we don't talk about that because you bring it on right no, yeah like, girl I got a whole plan written out in paper yes. about yes. what to do in the event of my passing I want to be spread here I want to be like spread there 
just getting kids used to, like my children, I talk to them about what I do. They know what mommy does. And they'll mm-hmm. say, so how was work? Did anybody die today? Yes, you know? I mean, I just want people to be more comfortable with it because with life comes death, it's just the same. They it's another part, yeah. They're a part of each other. And so it's just, I think that's one of my next things I'm going to start, you know, trying to branch off into. Well, girl, whatever you come up with, let us know because we want in. (laughs) We will be repping you hard. We'll be letting everybody know about your new project. Thank you. you. (laughs) All right. So I have another question. So I wanted to, we touched on it a little earlier, but I wanted to know um, what happens when you have your clients who are seeing their loved ones. Um, Can you talk about that more? Yeah, it's always kind of exciting for me because I'm like, oh, this is real. Like for me, it's like validation. Like, yes, I mean, I do believe, of course, but when you when you have someone who's like, yeah, such and such is right there. And when you came into the room five minutes earlier and felt like somebody was there, you know, you might have. (laughs) Yeah. To know like, okay, (laughs) I'm not going crazy. Um, But yeah, people will go back and they'll, they'll meet their, they'll talk about their loved ones and they'll say such and such is in the room. And, you know, my grandma's right next to me and they'll have full blown mm-hmm. conversations. I mean, at some point they forget you're even there and they're living in a whole <laughs> different alternate universe. Like it's crazy. They'll even tell you like when they have glimpses, glimpses of being lucid, they'll come back and say, Oh, you know, Oh, I was in this room and there were flowers and like, they're actually, I don't know if they're traveling. I mean, Athena, you let us know, are they traveling? Like, where are they? They they are not quite traveling. They're in an in-between space where it's very close to like astral travel, Mm -hmm. um, where their soul is out and it's eight, but they're still connected to the body. So they're able to pierce that veil and see and loved ones come forward a lot of times mm-hmm. to meet them halfway. Um, it's part of a process where they coax you forward. It's, mm-hmm. it's some kind of cosmic setup that they put in place a really long time ago before we you know, were even <laughs> yeah. people. And it's a way to get you to come across because you would not just go across willingly. You right. don't know what the hell is down there. You know, yeah. but yeah. if your if your nana or your tia is on the other side, you're more willing to say, "All right, I knew her. She's not going to do me wrong. Let me go see what's going on." You know, like it just clicked for me. So those are like the Braxton Hicks. That's like the practice before. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like the okay, we're getting ready to do this. Uh, it makes so much sense, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah your soul is getting nice lighter experience. and lighter. Yeah. Yeah. You're like practicing. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things too that you see that I've noticed is that sometimes um, a person, their body is there and they're physically, they're still breathing or, and, and, you know, the heart is beating, but they're gone. Like You, you don't can feel that their soul's there. not there sometimes. That one's uh, a little bit weird. And I'm like, okay, like, and I can tell when, I don't know how or why or what it is, but you can feel when somebody is still alert, they're still like in yeah. the body. Um, versus when they're gone and then you know soon that's it you know you know okay the, the end is near because they're not even in their body anymore it's just the body kind of just wow yeah that's so, incredible yeah that is and not scientifically 
proven, but it's just my own observation and things that I've seen. Well, you know, it, it, you're not the only one who brings up a lot of these things. I've read books about it. I've talked to old school nurses who've seen it. You know, this is a very common thing mm-hmm. that's talked about in the nursing community. It's mm-hmm. just science can't explain what's going on here. They want to say it's chemical bursts and, you know, serotonin and all this, but they don't, they really don't understand because you can't just, you know, death is death. It's final. It's not like you can go there, test out your hypothesis and come back. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know, it's like you can only do so much science when it comes to to the dying process. So, but Nurses have been talking about this forever. I mean, people have written about this forever, Mm -hmm. about this Mm -hmm. kind of process. And we may all call it different things and use different terminology. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's the same dying Mm -hmm. process for all of us. For sure. Well, I want to ask you one last thing. And it's kind of a big, uh, heavy question. But what do you think that hospice nursing has really taught you the most? Like, what is the one lesson that you really take home that you're like, this is what my patients have taught me? Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Loaded, right? Um, yeah, I would right. say, first and foremost, to not, not fear, you know, just to not have fear of death or fear of the unknown or fear of just fear in general. It's kind of helped me break out of that fearful shell that I'm typically was in. Um, you know, it's also taught me to really appreciate the people around me. And to really not sweat the really little things, like the things we think are gigantic and there's absolutely nothing, you know, just don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, it's incredible to see people who are 30 and 40 and their lives stop out of nowhere, you know, so yeah. why am I worrying about, you know, whatever, my yoga mat being unrolled or some dumb thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm yelling about my kids leaving something on the floor, like, I'm just like, oh, whatever, you know, that's yeah. Well, I can say I definitely have seen some of that as well since I've known you that Mm -hmm. that you've really come into your own quite a bit, um, especially when it comes to like utilizing your power the proper way and the most efficient way. So thank you. We really want to thank you for being our first guest and rolling with us Uh, (laughs) and you know showing up for us and stuff. You know, like liking and commenting our stuff. But, you know, we appreciate having you on, you know, the knowledge that you bring to the table is really deep and really life changing. And we want to appreciate you for your work and for for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, anyway, if you guys like what we're doing, make sure you like, subscribe and follow at Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Our website is rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. We release an episode once a week, typically on Thursdays. Um, We're on YouTube and all major podcasting platforms. I'm Athena Silver. If you're looking to have a tarot reading or mediumship reading with me, please see my website at readingswithathenasilver.com. And I'm also on Instagram at athena.silver. And I'm on TikTok now, the old lady <laughs> on TikTok. Um, I'm Athena underscore silver on TikTok, if you want to see some ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> what about you, Anya? How can they get a hold of you? I am on Facebook and Instagram 
at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R, and you can contact me there for a tarot reading. Um, I think we're going to get on Pinterest soon and maybe some other platforms to let you know. If any of you have a topic that you want to hear about, please either DM us on Instagram or you can drop us an email. Um, our email is rebelcrowpsychicshow at gmail.com. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you for joining us again. Be good to yourself, you know, and have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye.